Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech Ksubas, finishing the seventh parak with Mishnah uh, Yud, and then moving on to the eighth parak with Mishnah Aleph. Says our Mishnah, These cases are when a husband can be forced to divorce one's wife because they are impossible to live with. Of course, if a, a, uh, a man develops some sort of skin ailment where they are the, the real blisters and boils, they have some sort of disgusting smell. One who collects dog manure, I assume it's for the business of tanning. Masara of Nehosha is one who mines copper also. It's, it's, it's uh, very smelly. Borsi as well, it's a very smelly profession. Whether the um, this person did this profession before they married, or they then developed either these conditions or this profession after they married. Um, um, all these cases, Rabbi um, says, even if he said to her before they married, you're marrying me in, in spite of this, as you know about this, she could say to him, she could say to him, look, I thought we were dating, that I was able, I was able to live with you, even though I knew you had these professions or had these these defects. But now I realize I can't tolerate it, and she can sue for divorce. If she married, um, she married this person, and she knew about it, so then she uh, she she must accept it. Except for the mitzora, where there are all these um these boils, because in that case, um, because in that case. When they're together, she's going to cause his flesh to decay. And it's dangerous to his health, and therefore they're not allowed to stay together. There was a tanner without children who died in the city of Tzidon. And his brother was also a tanner. So interesting case. You have, you have two brothers who are, um, who, are, who are both tanners. Woman marries brother number one. He dies, so she has to yibam. She can say that brother number two, look, I was willing to tolerate. I loved your brother so much. I was willing to tolerate the fact he uh, he was a tanner, but I don't want. I don't have to tolerate you, and we don't force her to do the yibam. I wish you all. Well, actually, no. Now let's move on to the uh, the the eighth parak Mishnah Aleph. Mishnah Aleph. The halacha is as follows: When a couple gets married, so. The husband, as we've seen before, has the right to enjoy the produce of his wife's property. That is, he can use the property and benefit financially from it. Um, that being said, there are situations where the wife is allowed to sell or give away the property, and it's going to depend how she acquired and when she acquired it. So there are actually four situations that we'll deal with our Mishnah. There's a case where she acquires the property when she's single, and she wants to sell it during the engagement period. When I say engagement, again, I mean the Averson period. There's a time when she acquires it during the Averson period and wants to sell it during the Averson period. There's a time when she acquires it after Nisuin and wishes to sell it then. Um, and then there's a time when she acquires the property before Nisuin and wishes to sell it after Nisuin. Um, that, um, and we'll see again how this is going to play out. So let's begin. If a woman inherits property uh, before she is she, she gets engaged, Suppose Bisham Bishil agree that she can sell and give it away during the Arison. Why? Because since she she acquires it when she's single, um, she can do what she wants with it, even after she's betrothed. Um, but she can only do that during the betrothal period. However, Nuflo Mishin's Arsa, if she inherits it once she's betrothed, 
Bishan over Tim Carr, she can still sell it. Why? Because her husband doesn't have the right to the produce until after the suing. Whereas Ms. Hillel says, no, low Tim Carr. But Ms. Hillel says that once she acquires it, when she's betrothed, her husband, her future husband says, look, this is basically my property. I'm going to have rights to it. And since he, now he's, he's going to have rights to it very soon, she's not allowed to sell it and cause him to lose those rights. However, but both agree that if she does go ahead and sells it, again, she inherits it after she's betrothed and sells it while she's betrothed, both agree the transaction stands. Again, Basil is like she shouldn't do so because she's, she's depriving her husband of his future rights, but at the end of the day, he does not have rights there right now, so she's allowed to do so. So if she does so, the transaction stands. I'm going to rub Yehuda. Yehuda says, I'm going to say, Lil. The sages said before Agam Lil. So they actually disagree, and they say as follows, that when she gets engaged, she gains the woman, that, that now this woman is, is, is betrothed to her, so sure, certainly he should, he should gain any property that she acquires as well. And therefore, if that's true, she, he now has possession of this property, and, and if she goes ahead and sells it, he can claw it back from the buyers. Omer Lehen, in response to the sages, Says we already are ashamed. We don't really understand the law regarding property that a wife acquires after the suing. That is property acquired after the suing. We don't understand why a husband can seize it from the buyer uh, if the if the wife sells it. However, however, now you want to add the old property as well. She can seize it as well. Meaning to say as follows: Rambam basically says if a woman has her own property, she sells it after she's married. We do claw, the husband can claw it back. Rambam is like we're not comfortable with this. So certainly, if she's not married. And um, if she's not married and she sells it, and it's only future rights we're talking about, we're going to be uncomfortable with. So that's um, a bit of machlokas about this Vishami Shita. Next case. So again, the first case was she inherits it before she's betrothed and sells it while she's betrothed. The next one, she inherits it after she's betrothed and sells it while she's betrothed. In this case, she inherits it when she's already married. She inherits it when she's married. Both Bishambi still agree that if she sells it, her husband can claw it back because this is her husband's right to it. She never right to sell it. Last case. Um, page here. He says, if she inherits property before she's married and then she gets married, if she sells the property, the transaction stands. Uh, the transaction stands. says, Again, same point. If we, uh, if she, when a person gets married, they now they, they gain possession of this woman. Certainly, they gain possession of all the property she owns. Because look, we're ashamed. We're, we're ashamed of this. That with that property she acquires after the suing, we don't really understand why the husband could claw it back after the suing that was sold after that was sold after the suing. I mean, we don't understand it. So certainly, property she bought before the suing, we're going to allow her to claw back. So now we're not going to add on that you can also claw back the old property. I wish you all a wonderful day.